under the under the under the under channel welcome to episode 18 of the under channel the original bullshit podcast this is robert under with me as always i got aaron hey everybody thank you for listening and along for the ride this week we got steve hello there and we got scrims yo thank you guys for uh joining us this week i'm very excited for everything we have going on um so it is the bye week so there will not be lions football um fortunately nope. i guess you could say depending on how the season's going right fortunately unfortunately depending i watched that uh chicago and uh miami game like i told everybody too uh we got a game ahead of us coming up this mm-hmm. sunday against miami uh, we are also going to touch on, oh, because of that, we're going to be able to touch on uh, some other things. We're going to do a Venture Brothers Season 7 recap, where we're going to dive into each individual storyline. Uh, we did finish off our season, or our Episode 10 recap last week, and now we just want something to kind of tie it all together and talk about what we're looking at next. Uh, and then we're going to do the first of a two-part Castlevania uh, segment. So we are going to, over the next two weeks, we're going to watch all four episodes of the Netflix Castlevania series that came out last year. Um, we're going to watch episodes one and two, have a discussion before, in between, and after. And then next week, we're going to do three and four and do the same. And then we're actually going to release the commentary um, to go along with this, along with next week's episode. Uh, so that'll be when episode 19 comes out. On the 26th, we're in the actual, uh, the new season two comes out on Netflix. You'll be able to listen to our commentary tracks. All right, now all that bullshit's out of the way. <laughs> I went to uh, the sanctuary a few nights back to see. I really went to see Year of the Knife. Um, fantastic hardcore band, up and coming hardcore band. But they were with Terror, Harm's Way, uh, Backtrack. It was just a total. It was a hardcore build. Uh, but I think Bridge Nine. Most of the bands are on Bridge Nine. Shout out to Bridge Nine if you hear this. Um, so I was listening to Year of the Knife, and they are. They have a lot of anti-cop themes in their music, right? So they've got. Uh, song one song blue lies I mean, really mm. very heavy anti-police theme in their music which can rub people the wrong way um can rub people you know or get people get behind it because of that right mm-hmm. um and while i was listening to it um at the new sanctuary amazing sound i have to say that that, that club is so fucking well put together any anything i've seen there or i guess i've been to two shows now <laughs> awesome both both shows different types great but I really don't give a shit what the singer is saying in these songs. And I'm a person who loves lyrics. But I just love well-written lyrics. I just like, if a song seems well put together, th- they'll like it. And um, the best way I could put it is, there are lots of anti-cop songs, right? There's Cop Killer, Fuck the Police, um, Blue Lies by your, you know. All right. I like all those songs. And... I'm not anti-police in the yeah, least, right? I don't right? support the message no. at all, but I enjoy the song. I'm with you then. Yeah. yeah, and I can I can get down with those songs. And my argument would be, if anyone ever wanted to put out like a pro-cop song that was a banger, I'd listen to it, right? If you put out like an EP, it was a pro-cop EP, and it was just like, on this badge. I'd be like, oh, this song is badass, right? <laughs> I have nothing against cops. I, I understand there's bad cops. There's good cops, right? Just like every profession in the world. I just... I, I really had to kind of question myself. It's like, is it normal just to be like accepting of anti-cop and anti, you know, f- feminine hip hop's a great example of it. Super misogynistic lyrics, right? Mm. You just kind of like learn to accept it because 
you understand its art. I don't know. I just wanted to pass around the table and see what That's everyone thinks. Why, why do you? Bad is always good mm. in like art forms. Mm. Something like uh, against the grain makes you ponder and you know go on the dark side a little bit. Not that you like are putting it up on a pedestal. This is what I. This is what I really believe and think, and I'm an evil son of a bitch. <laughs> but uh, it. It's better than listening to, like, you're thinking uh, if they made pro good cop songs, listen to Christian Rock. Yeah. Well, and I <laughs> want to I want to do this before. We'll pass it to uh, Steve um, real quick, too. But I want to bring up, this is not to talk about, like, the quality of the person making the music, mm-hmm. right? Because that's a different argument if you're going to say, like, yeah. a band I liked, we found out that, you know, they fuck kids. Okay, well, then don't support that band anymore because they fuck kids and and or if you do what i really don't give a shit what anyone likes i'm just saying that is not this discussion this discussion is purely you're taking everybody as they are a good person they're just an artist they choose to make anti this type of music so steve i feel like it's a very good way to express how you're feeling about the moment Mm. i do feel like some cops are getting a very bad rap right now but i mean it's understandable from both sides of of the of the view Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating to see time and time again people like blacks are just constantly getting a, just constantly getting racial profile for them not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just super frustrating. Yeah. yeah. So can you comfortably separate? Could you listen to anti-cop music on its own? Yeah. I mean, I could. I have no. I don't know. Sometimes I do have problems. Like if the lyrics just like I have a, like I try to relate to the lyrics. And if I really don't feel that way, I kind of avoid that song. But if I hear it from time to time, I'm not going to have a problem with it. But I'm, I'm not going to search out the song, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Aaron? Uh, to be honest, uh, most of the time, I don't really need the meaning behind the music to really make me enjoy the music. Uh, that doesn't... If it sounds good, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to listen to it. If you got a good melody going, you got a good beat, yeah, the music is captivating, it works. If the lyrics and the way that the guy puts them together in with the song works, then I'm gonna enjoy it. I don't, I don't ever delve too deep into the meaning of songs most of the time. Mm-hmm. Just on the way here tonight, I was listening to a, a song from Down. Uh, it's the last track on their third album, and the way he gives the vocal delivery, it's just stellar. But I don't give a crap what he's singing about. Mm. I just enjoy. The way that he's pushing the song forward through his vocal delivery. Definitely. I mean, like you said earlier, NWA, uh, that song, F the Police. Yeah. I love that song. You're allowed to swear in this show, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> this song, Beep the Police. Uh, one I always love that one. You have to use so many cuss words. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I don't support the message at all, but I love the song. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I was racking my brain to figure out when I separated... Um, what the words meant to just understanding that it's an art form. And I, I think I actually uh, boiled it down. So when I was younger, one of my favorite movies, I guess it's still one of my favorite movies I haven't watched in a long time because Heather never wants to. <laughs> American History X. Oh, great movie. Love that movie. Mm-hmm. And there is great a movie. very distinct song that appears in that movie. Um, The... Uh, my eyes have seen the glory of the trampling at the zoo. You guys know yeah, that song, I right? Yeah, exactly what you're talking about. It's with uh, uh, Ethan Suppley. Ap- absolutely. Yep. It is a horribly racist song, right? I don't know. Uh, so I can't give you the second line because it's got the N-word in it, but <laughs> the idea is my eyes have seen the glory of the trampling at the zoo. We washed ourselves in 
blood, blood hmm. and all the mongrels too. We're Jeez. bringing down the Zog machine, Jew by Jew by Jew. The white man marches on. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. So separate the hate from that, right? Because if you're fucking, if you're actually singing that and you're meaning like the words, you just you're just stupid. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like a campfire race. Like exactly. who's singing camp fun, campfire camp town races, <laughs> camp town races, and going crazy, right? It's it's. It seems like it's almost a novelty to me that that is. And but but that, my, over the years, I have sung that in my head so many fucking times. I always think about that song, and I don't ever. Th- I know it's racist when I say it, and I know and I understand that it is. But like, it seems so cartoonish to me. Well, that song is a standard. It's an American standard. It is. And then yeah. he puts. They're putting their own spin on it. Well, that was a real. A real. Oh yeah, it's a real song. Well, I mean, like the it was actually like a neo-Nazi like singer songwriter yeah. did mm-hmm. that version of the song, but it's not just from the movie. I don't know. I just I think that was the best I could boil down. Like when I decided that it was okay to listen to either like super violent or super aggressive like lyrics. Like I love Gucci Mane. Like half of his shit's about treating women like shit. I don't know. Who's that dude? Don't hate on Gucci. Never heard of him. Next. We'll, we'll do a whole Gucci segment next week. If you better act like you heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, please, for all that. Is, <laughs> please, for all the all love that it's all that's holy. Please, know who Gucci Mane is. <laughs> please. <laughs> all right, so we will go on to our actual topics for this week. One um, is actually hot off the presses. I just learned about this about an hour ago. Heather sent it to me. Um, Aaron, you had done a little reading on it. Yeah, this one disturbed me when I first came across it. So yeah. So there is a funeral home um, in Detroit. Uh, the Cantrell, well, formerly the Cantrell funeral Not associated home, with the guitar player from Allison Chains. As far as we know. Um, located on Mac near the Cadillac Boulevard, uh, an anonymous letter was sent into the Detroit Police Department, and it led them to finding 11 corpses, uh, I'm sorry, 11 infant corpses in a false ceiling above the funeral home. Yeah, oh, basically like up a, in the ceiling tiles. To drop, like a drop ceiling someone put in. And then they went in it and... Yeah. You made me know a little they bit more. They found a cardboard box that had nine infant bodies in it, badly decomposed, and they found a trash bag that had another two. Like infant bodies like, in that, like, yeah, like stillborn jar? Tra- no, no, no. Just thrown in a bag, like thrown in a, in a box. Bag. Like, who cares? Like, this doesn't matter to us. Like, they were just throwing it, like dolls. Just, hmm. boop, here you go. Here's a- yeah. yeah. And they're just all, I mean, they rotted. Some of them were partially embalmed. You know, most of these children were sent there for whatever the reason is and the families paid the money and put the trust in this funeral home that they were going to be taken care of whatever the wishes were were they going to be you know uh um, incinerated you know to be cremated Mm -hmm. or were they going to be embalmed to have a funeral whatever and they they were just taken advantage of and they're just like our gas bill's a little high this month what the i would wonder who knows how long they've been up there because that funeral home has been shut down for a while. Yeah. And I also question, like, was any of it from when they were dressing the body? Like, was any of it, like, maybe it would, like a pregnant woman had died? Yeah. And, like, what, but the, the coroners don't, are they the ones who go in and take that shit out? Or, like, when they get to the funeral home, that's already taken care of, right? Yeah, most of the time, that's already taken care of. Most yeah. of the time, Because yeah. when they, when... When the person's DOA that arrives at the hospital and they realize that the person was pregnant, mm-hmm. they still have to take that fetus out. Right, I get that. They go but, to the morgue, the medical examiner. The the funeral home is just the ones that take care of it at the end. Mm. Yeah, so really... Beautify you. Uh, somebody came there, right, where they're stillborn, whatever it would be, with a, with a baby. Was like, hey, you're a funeral home. We want you to, like, we'll do, obviously, they probably did the... Uh, 
the wake or whatever mm-hmm. it would be. And then instead of, you know, when you got that box of ashes or that jar of ashes, I'm assuming it was just something else. It could maybe? have been anything. Yeah. Wow. They're they're you know, and they're putting their truck because they're imagine the situation you're in at that point. Your newborn child has died. You're and you have to or somebody that's in your family, you guys are trying to sort out what do you do next? How do you have a funeral? How do you do this? How do you they're being taken advantage of yeah. in their emotional uh stress. And what's crazy, this is that's best case scenario. Yeah. Best case scenario is some shitty funeral home didn't take care of infant corpses the right way. Worst case scenario is that those corpses weren't supposed to be there anyway, right? To add on that worst case scenario, I was thinking, what if that like uh, coroner had like some underground like abortion thing set up? Yeah, could what, be. What would be even worse oh, is if he had right. a uh, sloppy Joe stand. Yeah, you know, uh, oh, that's gross. Uh, whatever. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you all. Oh, we're not allowed to do jokes on this show. Oh man, no, not dead that baby one. Not that one, <laughs> jokes. No. What? That's not the only thing I found after reading some of this stuff too. They were dead before I made the joke. There's plenty of uh, places that have had problems. There's a, a funeral home up in Petoskey. They uh, closed in March after they found a rusty machete in the embalming room. Oh, yeah. Uh, they found embalmed bodies were just left in an unrefrigerated garage. They found human cremated remains. They were just kept with dog remains, pig remains. Wow. Um, another funeral home um, in Flint was hit with a disciplinary action after they found decomposing bodies found in their garage. Uh, the guy who runs that's facing 10 felony counts. It's what is it? So is anyone grooming these young morticians to realize that this is not just like a nine to five job when you get into this career, right? Like, you might go, like, I'm going to become a mortician. You know, I have, for some reason, I love being around dead people, I guess. Uh, but then you're like, well, I only want to work 8 to 5. Well, Monday look at this. Friday. But then if you have more bodies, you have to take care of them, right? You can't just, like, go on vacation, leave them on ice. I think the, the problem is, is the law isn't mm. strict enough. Because failure or refusal to properly supervise final disposition of a dead body after agreeing to provide services within 60 days after the body is received is a criminal misdemeanor mm. only punishable by a maximum sentence of 90 days that is not hard enough at all <laughs> wow that's absurd but granted <coughs> like should it be like how how rough should it be like how hard should i don't know man be? it should be steeper than that i would think if the you're taking advantage of, life of people is just as important <laughs> after you pass <coughs> like i say we just go um mandatory cremation countrywide there's not. We shouldn't just. I mean, there's not enough room to just keep putting people just on the ground people. forever, right? <laughs> I, I'm there with you, right? Just stacking them up like cordwood. You get a, you just get a picture of them instead. So, uh, so with all the religions, do they have the people just go in caskets? Or are you just saying fuck all that? I honestly think that we should outlaw the ability to like just put people on the keep putting people on the ground with caskets. I think it's absurd. I think it's very old timey. It's like, oh, well, we want them there yeah, for I when agree. It's super when the ray of light shines down upon. It, uh, no, it's you like. Is the earth infinite? Is the space we have infinite? No. All right. All right, so let's see here, Are we going to keep, <laughs> if we're going to keep just breeding and just keep putting people on the ground. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. Or what about like a slingshot into the sun? I love the idea, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But what, Look at time, a time cap. Like, all right. Bury time for capsule. It. I'm not digging that up. That's time gross. capsule. Yeah, no. That's the big problem with like, it, though. Go ahead. 
put a time cap on how long the corpse could be in the body for. And then, you know, swap it out for another one for that. So then how much do you charge for those plots of land that you're just going to keep flipping every 10 years or five years? Or should it just be like company issued plot of land? Like, how would you do it when it's like when it's when it's mandatory to exhume the bodies and destroy them? If you paid six grand for that plot of land, do you, do you just sell it afterwards? Like you open it, it goes onto Craigslist. Like I've got a this plot never of land. Work? Oh, is that how it works? You pay for that, you know, six foot hole. Yeah, you pay for, for that good. Spot. Well, I would assume unless they build like a mini mall over it or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you own it anymore. <laughs> it's been a it's a haunted circle cave. <laughs> <laughs> they should make a pet cemetery of like all those people that like you know were paid for their pets holes yeah so this if this doesn't sound like a big story already and maybe we're making a little bit too light of it right because not enough grisly details have really come out to make it horrific um more than it already is but yeah more than it already is but uh we will follow this as it goes i mean hope I mean, this is going to be a huge story in the area it's a local so we will uh, at least g- give some sort of wrap up once some more details come out. And now for the actual planned Halloween topic that we had this week. Have any of you guys ever had a paranormal experience? Something that you cannot chalk up to uh, this physical world. That can be explained. Mm. No, I, I think you're lying, Steve. Just because no, when I introduced no. this beforehand, you were like, "Oh God!" Like it was like you had something going on you didn't want to. Yeah, bring I up. think I thought I did, but I don't. Why not? I just don't like. Like my brain has played tricks on me. Like when you know, like when you're half asleep and you like you see like a shadow, mm. but it's really it's just your hoodie, yeah. right? And you're just like, "Oh, what the hell?" <laughs> and you're like, "That actually happened to me last week." Yeah. And um, yeah, I no, I've had no abnormal activities happen to me. Scrimps. The Ghost. best story I got that didn't uh, come with any proof. Uh, I went on vacation with uh, Nick Somberg and my family to Mackinac Island. Uh, we were macking on these two that ladies, and we took a bike ride up to like the top of the island where the cemetery is. Mm-hmm. Nick had a like new recorder, uh, cam recorder of of that time, and we we're trying to get some spirits. And I don't know, we we were spooked the hell out. Mm. It was like some ancient Catch yourself. ancient tombs on so that island. Anything specific happen or was it just that the whole feeling was the, the vibe, the 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 air was like dead but like cold ar- like ar- on me. Mm. And we we could never get or see our proof because on our way back, Nick had like a like almost life or death like fall. Like he could have died, but thankfully he was he felt one way where he lived on the bike because his bike the brakes went out mm. and it was just a downhill. There's no like well just go off and like get on like level ground. It goes around. It's like... just downhill. Wow. You have to like ride it. He. He busted his new camera and everything, and we couldn't watch it. Interesting. Interesting. The ghost around him, man. Yeah. E? Uh, I, I don't know about paranormal, maybe, but because if aliens qualify as paranormal, <laughs> then maybe I've got a story. <laughs> uh, when we were kids, we would always go out in the woods in our neighborhood, and we'd play guns and army and whatever. 
and uh, we had this creek, and that was kind of like the dividing line, I guess. And one day, I'm pretty sure it was me and my friend Mark, we were kind of hiding away from everybody else, and we saw a light formation in the sky. Um, I don't know how to explain it other than it was a light formation, and it just moved very eerily in the sky. Roughly seven, eight, nine different dots of light. It, and that was it. We were done. We did not want to be out there in those woods anymore. We we hightailed it out of there. We were done playing whatever the hell we were playing that night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's probably my one. Sometimes I think at my old store, I used to think because I would work nights sometime, and I would think I caught something out of the caught my out of the corner of my eye. But that's about it. Yeah, that the way your mind works. All right, disclaimer, and I'm sure you, anyone who listens to this can tell I'm a big pussy. Um, <laughs> so like, I'm like, I'm deathly afraid that I'll ever run into a ghost of any kind, beca- only because that means that like way worse shit is, has to exist. If I run into a ghost that just is saying like, "Hey, Robert, how's it going?" You know, like, there's no way that's the not nicest. The there's no ghost. way that's the nicest. Th- you know, that that's means Casper, some other man. shit is happening that I'm not okay with. So <laughs> you, you shit your bricks when you see Casper. Oh, uh, if I ever, <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain because this is uh probably the biggest. Uh, difference heather and i have is that she is actively trying to find a ghost at all times she's like oh we're going to new orleans we're staying at this hotel and this hotel i'm like no we're not we're not i want a hotel that was built last year (laughs) so uh if i ever had an experience and i I haven't because if i did i think i would instantly become like agoraphobic and just like i would have bought this house i would have had a you know uh what that? What's it? A mystic? What the hell is it he called? A bullseye on my back, the size um, of Tiger Stadium. Um, a psychic. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. A psychic come in and do like the investigation. They've been like, this house is good to go, and I would never leave my house again because I would burn, never risk frankincense and myrrh in here. Absolutely. And- so you feel so strongly this way that you don't want to come across it because you 100% believe. Mm, yeah. Yeah. This like I, I, but this is this is gonna sound sad like when i lived in uh, uh chicago one of the places we lived this old duplex uh ukrainian village apartment yeah. i would not go into that basement by myself <laughs> after like nine o'clock because it was weird it was way too weird there was like an old beauty salon down there i didn't know what was going on i just couldn't trust it chain shackle and chains man yeah no i it scares me to death if i ever see a ghost i'm so it's gonna be a bad day you weren't heather's date when she went to see the nun she posted that she was going oh, to I see the go, nun. Oh, I did go. I'll go see a movie, but I'm going to cover my eyes for like everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you told me like, hell no, I'm not seeing that. No, yeah. <laughs> and we watch a lot of horror movies. I just watch half of them with my eyes closed, and I just watch all the story in between. But I don't need jump scares. I, you know, I just don't need it in my life. So was it uh like two shits in your pants? No, it was a pretty good, good movie actually. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty solid. I give credit that one. The last couple we've seen. Outside of the ones that Heather likes to see, which are all like the fucking stupid ones that have come on, but like the ones that I actually want, the Nun, uh, Mama, when it came out a few years back, the Guillermo del Toro one, Mama. all those ones that are more artsy, like they have like the better atmosphere, they're more designed off of uh, like horror and not just jump scares. Yeah, I can get down with those, but yeah, how we doing, Timey? Oh, uh, you know we're rolling along here. Uh, I think we've got ourselves. Good job, team. 24 minutes in the books. Perfect. All right, we'll be right back with our Venture Brothers Season 7 recap. The Under Channel. It's an hour you can't escape. 
From time to time, Facebook will uh, spam you and tell you to listen to music. And usually I just keep on scrolling, baby. But uh, this time, I actually fed into it. And uh, this band is Gunship. The name of the song is Dark All Day. Uh, we're going Halloween themey. This has got some very uh, nice, dark, I don't know how to explain it. I wouldn't say like acid jazz grooves to it, mm. but it's it's definitely high quality stuff. Steve should have listened to it before now, but it's all right. I'm going to make Steve listen to it. Ready? Oh, yeah. It's a big deal. They got the entire state of Indiana on this track. <laughs> <laughs> The whole album is amazing, front to back. Really? I've, I've been on Bandcamp listening to it nonstop since I started listening to these guys. Where are they from? America. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not really... I haven't dug that deep into them. I just started listening to them this week. But I've probably listened to this album four times. Really? Yeah. I think I'll follow up and do the same already. I'm kind of digging on it already. Yeah. bass and drum and synth sound to it. Guy coming in with the saxophone. Why does the drummer look like Ryu from uh, Street Fighter? He does. <laughs> he is. That's the joke. That's the joke. They got to choose what they want to look like. He's like, I want to be Ryu. Fair enough. That's what I would do. I would have been Lemmy. <laughs> it, would have been, it would have been a group of Lemmys up there. Lemmy on drums, Lemmy on bass. <laughs> And Blade. And Blade. Blade. Oh, yeah. Berserk. Buffy. Do you guys hear about the Buffy vampire story with it? Apparently they're in talks and they're doing They're rebooting um, that Three Witches show, too, uh, Charmed. Well, I guess I'll follow along. They are also rebooting Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the dark way on Netflix. I saw the trailer. It's, uh, it's totally guts. It's, it's yeah. It's gonna be gritty. How would you compare this song to the rest of the album? Very similar. Um, I was kind of disappointed in hear more of this saxophone throughout the rest of the album. They don't use it as much, but that's all right, I guess, because you don't want the whole album to be like you don't want an like entire gimmicky. album Kenny G. It's a saxophone, not a reed. Plus, did you see what the sax player looks like? I mean, you, that guy's probably busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's taken from the Lost Boys. Hey, uh, they mentioned that at the Berserker show when he was when he brought the guy from Bloodiest on to play saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just every vampire trope. <laughs> but why Ryu? Where's the tie in there? Well, you don't need one for with Ryu. Ryu's just that yeah. cool. 
Still stuck. His name is Ryu, not Ryu. You're a nerd. Geek. Geek. I hate when people correct name pronunciations of characters. I, you know, <laughs> you didn't actually hear their name until 15 years later. <laughs> wow, he just that girl's face. Uh, the vampire's winning. Some of these fight scenes, I've never watched the show really, but it makes me think of. North Star, Fist of the North Star. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How brutal it is. Yeah. There's actually a new Fist of the North Star video game coming out. I'm really excited to play. Berserk was pretty brutal for its fight scenes, too. Yeah. Have you ever watched Berserk? The original? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now we got real deal stuff. They, they do. They are the characters. <laughs> wow, this is them in real life. I'm just convinced you wanted to dress as Ryu. You know, he's not hes not Ryu. He's, uh... Ken. Nope, he's the guy from, uh... Triceratops is his partner. Uh... Oh, uh... Kung, Kung Fury. Fury. Yes. He's oh, Kung yeah. Fury. Yeah, Triceratops. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That guy does have to work out in between songs. <laughs> Yeah, in between, when they do a break, you just get the pump on. <laughs> he, like, made his saxophone extra heavy. <laughs> How do I feel about this band? Like, I actually... The way they look is throwing me off now. <laughs> I don't like how buff everybody is. Like, what were they like? They're all perfect. They like form in a uh, Gold's Gym. <laughs> <laughs> I love this idea so much. Oh, now they're all vampires. <laughs> so there you have it, gunship. Get out there and listen. And your Victoria's Secret, bro? Because usually you wear like a sports one. You don't like the free people. Oh, oh you my got that one God. With what are you even going through my underwear drawers? Race back. That's what they call oh, it, right? Don't even. Just get out of my way. I'm going to take a shower right now to wash your fucking skeeve off of me. Welcome, old friend. I wasn't expecting you to come to my rescue. Exit. I have not come for rescue. Seek Jonas Venture assistance. Memory fragmented. I am confused. Hmm. You look it. However, did you find me? Look Jonas Venture up in phone book. Acquiring phone book was most difficult part. Huh. Can't seem to get that darn song out of my head. Streetlight by the Crusader. I know. It's the last thing I remember before the darkness. So that's why I can't ever kiss her lips again. Simple mathematics. Now, who can solve this problem? Gary? I think I left my penis in the bathroom. Can I go get it? Here, you can use my... We can't give Gary help. My tool isn't for free. It's for kill. Kill. I said, what's up with your eyebrows? Oh, I ran out of product. Mm -hmm. Wait, is that going to count against me? Personal grooming is a factor, yes. But determining your EMA level is a calculus of many criteria. I must say, so far, your lair does not impress. Well, only I survived the great recalling. I was rescued by Master Ben, who gave me a purpose, a voice, and also a super great personality. The SAC, the Surgical Alteration Center. Here, after multiple surgical processes, we alter our agents to take the place of the world's most powerful people. Dave Grohl? 
You made a guy into Dave Grohl? Nobody refuses Dave Grohl. He got a Beatle to be in his band. And King Diamond. You try that, smartass. Okay, I found him. Great, now get him over here fast. Make up a good cover story, will you? These people already look at me like I'm a Johnny Stupid. Where are all the bad guys at? I can't see any. Can someone point out the super villains? Line Rage. Don't! I see perfectly. With my radar, I know where the big guy is seated, how much wine is in that glass, and then your breasts are spilling from your brazier. Is it your month, please? Neil Armstrong. How did it go? It's in. Slow going at first, then suddenly disappeared. My ass was like, I'll take that, and then right up in. Sucked it up. And TMI, Billy. No, that's just the right amount of I. You're supposed to be writing this down. That's, that's science. That's how it works. What is that noise? <laughs> Hold on, I got a whiz. You want to take a whiz break? Anyone want to take a whiz break? For like, for real? You serious? Yeah, seriously. What about you, guy with the beat on me who needs a reload? <laughs> Damn it! How did you... I learned to count when I was three. Do you need to piss or what? Now, I'm a man of modest means, but I do have something everybody needs once in a while. And I know how to work it. This delicious slab of each beef is all yours. Just give me three minutes inside with Hank. You can do what you want with me. Per yes, ma'am. I'm done. Wait, you think I can do this shit alone? I'm too old to start again. Now that you guys have my wife and my best friend, and yeah, no. You, Gilbrand, Monarch, out. And just like that, we've come to the end of another ep- uh, another episode. Fuck! Another After season! After all that, another season of the Venture Brothers. Welcome to our Season 7 recap. Um, unlike the, uh, the episode recaps, we're going to dive into each uh, main character storyline individually. Um, we're then going to come back afterwards and we'll talk a little bit about uh, predictions, overall impressions of the season. Um, but we are going to do... We're going to spend a little time with this one. We're going to get... Get close. Get a little personal. It deserves it. So let's start with the main character of the show, Dr. Venture. Dr. Rusty Venture. So I guess we'll be candid. I think that he was the second most wasted character Yeah. in this entire season. Through this season, yeah. When I went to write on his storyline, I was like, fuck, he didn't, there was nothing. I don't. Was, what was his storyline through the season? I guess the only thing he really had was the the teleporter part mm-hmm. with the, in the secret society thing. Absolutely. So all of the when you're thinking of this season, you might be thinking, yeah, but what about finding out of this and you know his, you know his brother and this and this. All of that information was other people finding things out. Yeah. About the relationship between the monarch and the and Doctor Venture, it had the. The the two the the, 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 the the two of them never actually, you know, got that information. Like they were always away from that shit when it was happening. Yeah. So, um, I I thought the same thing. I sat down to write this out, and I was like, well, this is gonna be big because we've gotten tons and you know tons of facts about him. Now we've seen like you know him and the monarch when they were younger, like sitting on that blanket, all that stuff. But none of that came from Doctor Venture. Nope. None of it was part of his thing at all. He had no knowledge yeah. of it, basically. Hell, the teleporter, and then the uh, 
trying to seduce the Black Widow. The yeah, the Brown Widow, whatever. Brown, yeah, yeah, we're probably and the only two. Yeah, he was doing just normal though. shit. He's just like, I just want to do science and uh, hook up with hot chicks. Yeah, but I will pose this question: His teleporter is it the single greatest invention that the venture name has made? Think about it. It's a teleporter that works. I would say yes. Hmm. If you compare that to all the other venture inventions, which are tough to come by and figure out what exactly they are, right? But a teleporter. I will put out one more that I think trumps it, and I guess we haven't really been given the fact that it's their invention, but they seem to have human cloning mastered. True, which is very impressive, and they're able to do it at the same age, right? Like with they grow those clones alongside. Of whoever it is that they belong to. And they just dump the brain right into yep. it. All right, that's fair. I'll give you that. Yeah, okay. But yeah, the teleporter. Absolutely. And that was his father. Yeah. All right. So it's really hard to touch on Venture and not go with the Monarch. I guess we'll just weave these two together because their storylines are so uh, intertwined. Because mm-hmm. the one of the main reasons Dr. Venture didn't have a lot going on this season is because he didn't have an arch riot, an arch villain. Because his arch villain. The Monarch. The Monarch started out as a rank five. Four. Four, whatever. And had to work his way up. Well, yeah, you're right. He was a four, and then he was made a five. So uh, he had to basically work his way up to to Arch Dr. Venture again. Um, I looked at this two ways with this season. One, they wasted Dr. Venture. They could have given him some other Arch for this for this season that would have made his character. They kind of did that in season six. Did they? It was kind of old tread at that point. Okay. And then also... Um, and we'll cover the the monarchs. I, I want you to run through how he got up to rank number ten, um, which we had some issues with last week, and you mm-hmm. said you were going to look into. Um, but I think they did the same issue with the monarch. Is you could have taken this season and actually made him into a real villain instead of just a bumbling idiot. Yeah, you could have taken. You know, you got the morphic trilogy, right? Which I don't know about you guys. I think that's the best part of the whole season. Which it's funny because it doesn't even tie into the season. It ties into like you said, the season six, the season the six season. It's the best part of the whole season seven. It doesn't even tie into the story. Mm-hmm. Parts of it are so disconnected that they don't touch on later on. But while the monarch was raising his rank, they could have reinvented that character, reinvigorated, made it, made it a series villain that you actually want to see defeated. And they just kind of those two characters are the same. I don't know. Kind of bummed that you feel that way. <laughs> really. Steve, <laughs> what do I think? Yeah, well, think about the monarch. Uh, either one, monarch okay. or Doctor Venture, either, whichever one you'd like to okay. ponder upon. I think the monarch was not should be should have been like he and Doctor Venture probably should have had a couple of battles, you know, just like for no reason, just mm-hmm. just to keep the spirits going, maybe. Yeah, like some <clears throat> foul. Like you're not supposed to be messing with each other, but you broke the the code, so. You're banished. I don't know. No, I feel where you guys are coming from. In, in classic Venture seasons, they would have had those offshoot episodes where they did a weird thing between the two of them and there was a, a confrontation or a battle or he kidnapped one of their kids. Just goofy things. That, But the last three seasons have been very um, storyline driven through the whole season. There wasn't a lot of standalone episodes that didn't really affect anything else. These last three seasons have been very um, canon, mm. for lack of better terms. Yeah. Okay. So, when season six, the monarch goes through a whole story arc of becoming the blue morpho, 
because he's not allowed to arch Dr. Venture directly. All right, so let me pause you. So season six was him becoming the Blue Morphin. Yes. All right, which alarms me because he's one of the things I have written down is why wasn't he the Blue Morpho more in this season? Yes. So he comes out of that Blue Morpho stage because basically he can't be the Blue Morpho anymore because the real Blue Morpho showed up, and he had screwed up so bad as the Blue Morpho that he was in trouble with Dr. Mrs. the Monarch. So he had to figure out a way to get out of that. Plus the Wide Whale was going to kill him Mm. because he captured him as the Blue Morpho. Blue Morpho had... Basically, a number on his head from the guild. The guild said, you've been killing villains. We're coming after you. All guns blazing. Yeah. And as much as I'm probably going to sound like I'm complaining about this season over the next little while, um, the humor is on point every single episode. Uh, When they're making fun of uh, him for being the Blue Morpho, and they're like, oh, man, if only an eye mask really uh, deterred. If there's only some other way to tell who somebody is. And Wide Whale puts his hands up to his eyes. He goes, look, it's my costume. You don't even know who I am. He's like, ah, oh, you're a dick. <laughs> so that was good. The, the humor's always been good, but again, the monarch. I, personally, I'm disappointed in the guild allowing him to raise his rank so many times on shit that yeah. didn't seem like it deserved it. Right. Merit. So, all right, let's go through the rank. You got the ranks? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we start off this season with the monarch at a level four. So... All of a sudden, we're getting a uh, Dr. Z makes a surprise visit down into his lair to uh, assess it. And basically, they only got a little bit of a tip from Dr. Mrs. The Monarch is the only thing I can think of because the Monarch and Gary, 21, pulled out a lot of stops. They got themselves an inflatable hive to make it look like it was a real new like super fortress. They painted the place to look like it matched the whole, you know, monarch theme and everything so they did all this work and dr z was not impressed plus the monarch's eyebrows were way out of whack (laughs) (laughs) so in the end he gets from a four to a five there so okay if you're not impressed why did you raise his rank he didn't really make him do much he didn't do much to begin with so he ends up as a five at that point a couple episodes later maybe an episode later uh Gary and the Monarch travel to the headquarters for the Guild of Calamus Intent to find out what they can do to raise their rank. And they find out that they can do a big villain program and basically tutor a level one. So they do that. They take they take uh, uh, St. Cloud under their wing. And that helps them get to a level six. So now they're to level six. Even though they didn't do anything. They realistically didn't do much. Even the sh- though the showdown... Between Billy Quizboy and uh, what's the guy? I can never think of the albino's name. No, oh, I, no um, the albino's name. Pete uh, White. Pete, Pete White. Pete White. And the then and then Saint Cloud is one of the worst showdowns you'll ever see. Like a <laughs> like a pissed off kid who like was in karate is a is a better villain or hero than either one of these. And he still gained a rank from that. He still that's got a, a rank. That's what I don't it. get is yeah. like. He still got a rank. He he did it. He saw it all the way through to the end. So yeah. that must be what it is. And he also helped Dr. Mrs. The Monarch with her whole thing with the spy, S-464, and the, uh, the girl from OSI. So I guess that must have been part of it. So now we have a heist that is about to take place. Dr. Venture, Mr. Rusty, has invented a teleporter, and everybody wants this teleporter. So, a heist is put together, and 
a full EMA level up is going to be given out to those who join part of it. So the monarch gets invited by Dr. Mrs. The Monarch to be a part of this crew. All this crazy stuff happens. The heist goes wrong. There's a double cross. People are getting their heads lopped off, turning into Stairmasters and getting knives shoved through their heads. <laughs> and uh, in the end, the Monarch and Gary come out with the teleporter. They come out on top. We, we missed one rank. Oh, yeah? The, uh, Dean's professor happens before the teleporter Ooh, heist. you're right. Where he pays them off for a million dollars. And because Good he's call. the highest, the highest earner, earner, which made me so mad because all you were... Ooh, somebody helps gave solve you a, a little things okay. here. Nice. Okay. I actually think that's even before St. Cloud. It I is. think that's the first rank he gets. It that is. puts him to a five. So that's a five, six. So we're at a level eight then by this time. Ah. So the teleporter actually puts him to a level eight then going by that. Nice. Mm. Nice deducing there, boy detective. Yeah, I watched some of it today. <laughs> Giant boy detective on the case. All right, so now we've got a level eight monarch and Gary. Level eight Gary. Well, Gary's a hench. So a level know. eight henchman. Okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> They're assigned a secret mission to go after a rogue faction of the peril party, the creep, who actually, for as short-lived of a character as the creep is, he's probably one of my favorite characters in this show. Many will not share that opinion of him, but I liked him a lot. He was fun. So they go after him, and he dies in a lawn dart accident, playing the greatest game ever. And uh, having successfully completed that mission, because that was kind of the point, was to get rid of him, mm -hmm. although they couldn't officially say get rid of him. Until she did. and yeah, you know, <laughs> Until she did. She just, bad guys. <laughs> so that puts him to a nine. So I guess we kind of figured this timeline out while talking it out. Okay. So he's a 9, but what gets him from a 9 to a 10? What officially gets him from a 9 to a 10? Or is it just, you're a 9, we might as well make you a 10, let's have the, the ceremony. If you can pass the ceremony, then you're a 10? Because does the ceremony... No, because the way to me it looked is that the ceremony was the reward. The ceremony wasn't a ranking. Hmm. Like He shouldn't have gotten to the ceremony having not been a 10. To me, anyway. Yeah. So anybody listening, if you can help fill in that blank, because I'm not sure. Yeah, put in the comment section below because we were having some, you know, some trouble with that timeline. Yeah, definitely not a hundred percent on how to figure out the level ten part of it. But that's the that's the biggest part of this season was the monarch being the monarch. He was mm -hmm. no longer the blue morpho. So and trying to build his EMA level up. Yeah, and as much as we talked about uh, Doctor Venture, not kind of not being utilized the most this whole season this was a monarch season yeah the monarch owned this season because not only do you have that going on you're also starting to well one his name right malcolm fitzcarraldo Fitzcarraldo, yeah which they uh they they snuck it in during the morphic trilogy when uh vendetta is or venturian at the time i guess is choking the kid they sneak it in mm -hmm. right uh where it says malcolm fitzcarraldo and he's choking him then it flashes to the present in the Morphic Trilogy, and when the Monarch flies in, it says Malcolm Fitzcarlo again, right on his name. Yep. So they're calling out his name twice, which I don't know if it had been referenced at all prior to this season. Not to my knowledge. And then one episode later when they're sitting in the bank. Oh, uh, true. The, the bank guy goes Fitzcarlo. You're right. So there's three references to the, to the Monarch's real name over the course of like the first three episodes when you've never heard it before. 
and they're complete throwaways, as if everyone's been saying his name the whole time. It was really strange the way they revealed that. Yeah, it's been kind of strange the whole season how the villains are just being referred to by their names. Like even Dr. Mrs. the Monarch, we find out her name is Sheila. Yeah. It's, and people start calling her Sheila. I'm like, hmm. Trying to humanize them and maybe draw focus of importance. Like, this is who the monarch is. You're going to be learning who Well, they've the gone like really is. like workplace drama with the guild. Oh. Like, it's always like infighting and everyone's like. Because they're a bunch of bumbling boobs. That drives me crazy. <laughs> so is it like... Uh, Zero bungle tolerance. <clears throat> is it like our government now where we're all just fighting at each other? Hmm. Steve. It's topical, Steve. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it, to make a just, joke and it did not land. It, it kind of. I mean, I guess kind of. It's just... They're all just villains and I don't know. The, the, the guild even then bothers me a little bit because I don't even think everyone who's on the guild should be on the guild. But you're right. I haven't seen a couple seasons, so I'm sure everyone makes sense. But I don't know. There's problems with this i'll just say that but let, i want to talk about the what the main what you're really finding about the uh the monarch and dr venture this whole season that they are brothers so here's a couple things i came across while i was watching today first and foremost um the blue morpho the original blue morpho was friends with dr venture the blue morpho and his wife were having troubles with fertility so he says hey you know send her over my uh Science is quite potent or fertile, right? As indicating that he's going to sleep with his wife to help them come up with a kid, right? Which would in turn make Dr. Venture and the Monarch half-brothers because they have the same father, right? Yeah, that's how it works. All right. Now, when Dean goes and visits and sees Red Helper, Red Helper reveals that Dr. Venture is a clone. All right, so now we know the Dr. Venture that exists, at the very least, is not a biological venture. He's yes. a clone of a venture. To me, that leads me to believe that since the uh, the monarch didn't grow up in those same means, is he the only blood venture? He might be. The blood heir to the venture? Cause he might him be. Him and the uh, Dr. Venture and the kids are clones, right? So... That was... I guess that was a big reveal, but I don't think they've... They, the mon- Made it clear enough. Yeah, I and I don't. I'm pretty sure Rusty has no clue he's a clone. No, not at all. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure he has no clue he's a clone. So does the monarch still have no money? Well, he's, he has a million dollars. If he's a venture, he's about to have a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. think I, I. Do you think that's the angle? I thought that was the whole point. I thought that's what was going to happen. He's going to inherit the venture fortune. Yeah. Yeah, you. I mean, you could. Well, to be fair, the venture compound itself is just laid to waste used right yeah. so why and that's you know, the monarch's doing yeah the monarch destroyed it <laughs> so that's a big reveal so those two guys being brothers that's that is a big deal it kind of like revealing how shitty dr venture really was as kind of a friend and scientist and stuff because um they've always at least from what i remember early on they always painted him as that like that prototypical 1950s, like man of the man of tomorrow. Yeah, he's always doing what he can to push America forward. But now you're starting to see, ah, but he blackmails his friends with sex tapes and he impregnates his uh, his you know friends' wives and shit. Like you're starting to see that, like, oh, he really is just kind of a bad person. Definitely, I and, think this season definitely started to flesh that out. And then we will talk Hank and Dean in just a second. But now Dean knows that his dad. Is a clone. Is a clone, and that don't those kid don't the kids know now that that's their uncle technically were they not there for that scene 
when that reveal happened because that would have been in the guild so they wouldn't be there because hmm. so, the last thing that happens Dean's at the hospital and Hank runs away from the hospital true. so they weren't present for that no they okay. weren't Dr. Venture is a clone of his dad Dr. Venture is a clone of himself oh that's the other thing I wanted to say is because when he is talking to um, Red Helper when he's, so when he's talking to Red Helper in the place he goes uh, both of us were created by men out of love and out of guilt for the love of a woman or something. For the love of a woman. Yeah. So something happened to the original Rusty Venture, Dr. Yep. Venture, which he died and came back as a clone. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's like what he's saying because it's a really funny line. He goes, even though you were a boy, or you are a, even though you were born in a test tube, you are still a man. And although I am what I am, I am an abomination. Yep. So that means I cannot leave here. Like he keeps <laughs> calling himself an abomination. Yeah. But that, that scene, really the whole hidden message of the entire series hinges on that scene with red helper it does and it was kind of a a, it was an eerie scene like you knew watching it that this has a lot of meaning to Mm -hmm. it yeah and a great great way to reveal it at the end that he thought the entire time he was talking to because he if you guys if you don't remember but um he's down there talking to red helper and red helper and dean are dean thinks he knows who he is he thinks Mm -hmm. he knows he's dean venture Mm -hmm. Red Helper thinks he's Dr. Venture. Yeah, he so he thinks, thinks he's, he's his father. Yeah. So when he reveals that he's a clone, he thought he was telling Rusty Venture for the first time that he's yeah. a clone. He but has like, a problem oh, no, with time. He doesn't understand time. Yeah, that was a heavy was a heavy scene. You know, and you know, one thing about it too with all of these Venture brothers, we only know one real mother through the whole thing at this point. And that's Fitzcarraldo or whatever, the monarch's mother. Absolutely. We have no idea who Hank and Dean's mom are. And for all intents and purposes, as far as I can tell, and I've gone and rewatched and looked over things, I have no idea who Rusty's mom is. I have no idea who the original Jonas Venture bedded down to create Rusty. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Red Helper's line there about him being created out of the guilt of love for a woman, it's just like, hmm, something major happened. So I'm hoping that in this next season, we start to really delve into those family storylines and those family dynamics and start to flesh a little bit more of that out. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I think is probably going to start happening because like everyone knows, well, the Monarch knows now that Rusty is his half-brother. Mm-hmm. So I think some sibling stuff is going to start happening. Yeah. It has to. And we'll we'll talk on some more sibling stuff in just a second. We're going to talk on Dean and Hank. But before we do that, I want to complain about the most wasted character. The most wasted. So... Who do you guys, when you think of the Venture Brothers, who do you think of as the best character? Like the most, like when this show's looked back on in 30 years, who is going to be that iconic character? It's Brock Samson. Brock yeah. Samson. Brock. What the fuck did Brock Samson do this whole season? <laughs> he didn't do shit other than kill a bunch of guys dressed as a Shogun, which was awesome. I'll give him credit for that. Every scene Brock Samson was in was the best scene of that episode. Yeah, it's going far. But he didn't do shit. He didn't do anything. No, it was because you were just you were just happy he was there. I guess, but that's what because he's a good character. Yeah, he didn't do anything, and you had a great point. You said it a couple times. Testing. Did you remember how long that thing was? I yeah. was alright with it, but uh, you you made a good point at one point when we were doing the season. Is well, Doctor Venture doesn't have an arch right now. Yeah, so. There's if no, you're a bodyguard, he's got nothing to do. He's, he's got on no- <laughs> vacation, which makes sense. But 
man, it would seem like such a wasted character. I mean, they should have just buck fucking in season episode one. They should have put him in a Hawaiian shirt and sent him on vacation the rest of the season. <laughs> like, it, like he didn't do anything. The whole he he was basically a chauffeur at one point in some regard. He like yeah. dropped he Dean dropped off, off places. Yep. Takes him to school. It's bizarre. I, I like know. your Hawaiian shirt idea. Like they could, they just like phoned in on him. Yeah, I'm just uh, on the beach here shooting uh, shooting dolphins. Right, could, a tiger's ball cap, turn him into Magnum PI. Well, because what they could have done is if they had gotten him out early, they could have brought him back in like six or seven, and it would have been a big deal. But instead, they all you saw was that storyline. Really, did they? Where he in went like away a little bit. Seasons four and seasons okay. five, he left. He wasn't their bodyguard anymore. He joined Sphinx and. He had he had a huge storyline that went through seasons four and five. Okay, um, but yeah, no, I I agree. This whole season he just wasn't utilized in really any way, shape, and or form. Mm-mm. I'm hoping big 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 things are coming. Big for things big next Brock. season, which would have been another reason to really build up the monarch, right? Because if the whole thing is next season, the monarch's going to start arching Doctor Adventure again. Is anyone scared of the monarch yet? Like, he's still a bumbling yeah. idiot. Yeah, where's his... He doesn't have his fortress. He doesn't have a, a huge crew of henchmen. He's still... It's just him and Gary. Right. They could have done a good job building up the monarch to, like, what we saw when it was that daydream in the beginning of episode one, right? Or well, maybe two, whatever. Yeah. When he had, like, the throwing stars and they had the heist. That When that episode happened, this that's how the monarch should have ended the season. And then you'd be then you'd be like, all right, well next next season we're looking at a big battle between the ventures and the monarch. Right now, I don't know. I, f- I feel like it's going to be just a bunch of angry quips back and forth. It'll be all right with me. I know you just love this show. <laughs> I love the venture. Battles. I like it too, but I'm. Yeah. How about uh, Doctor Misses the Monarch storyline? What do you got for that? So this is the season that made me like her as a character. Okay. Um, I always thought she was. First, I'll be honest. When I was younger, watching it, I was like, "She has a guy's voice. Like, I don't <laughs> like this." It's just, but she's grown on me because uh, I only ever knew her as the sidekick of the monarch. Yeah. So she in was the early the original seasons, number two, right? The early seasons, she is more of the like she's the one running the monarch's operation as he's kind of bumbling around. Um, but seeing her as the leader of the guild and navigating all the uh, personalities, I think I think she's a good character. Yeah. I really like the direction they're going. I personally want her to move on from the monarch although you guys don't believe that's going to happen i think it'll be good development for both characters um if they they never revealed that what that she's going to move on from the monarch yeah no mm-hmm. it's not even a question they just she loves him so much yep. for some reason she's pushing her man and holding him up always i don't believe it oh uh, i mean her decision to that's what i was going to get to what do you guys think mm. they don't show you exactly what her decision was so steve and uh, scrimps what do you guys think she decided because they never give a yes or no out of her I, that you I, see on screen at least i think she does she, she stays with the stays on the council mm-hmm yeah, she stays on the council. She yeah. knows it's for the better, but yeah. she doesn't want to. And I like that you said that, Steve. I like that you said that because she obviously had to have stayed on the council because she's still with the council. Wide Whale didn't stay on the council. He's no longer in any of these episodes. Dr. Mrs. the Monarch is. And I think she stayed not only for what she's doing and the good of what she perceives as her doing good for bad people, but... Red Death alludes in this earlier in the season when he wanted a seat on the council. His reasons why he wanted a seat on the council because it helps him out with retirement, pension. It helps him out with a pension. All the things that you need for a family, 
a family, huh? Mm. So, Dr. Girlfriend, Dr. Mrs. the Monarch, in one of the early episodes this season, Blind Rage comes in, and he can sense there's something different with Dr. Mrs. the Monarch, saying that her jubblies are bursting out of her brassiere, saying, are you on your monthlies type thing. Mm. She was ovulating, something along those lines. So I'm thinking she's pregnant and hasn't revealed it yet. And she's staying with the council because it is a solid, sure paycheck. Right. She's going to be on maternity leave. She's going to be on maternity <laughs> leave or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So it's it's an innuendo storyline, but I think it holds wow. true. It's a good one to speculate on. I like that one. Yeah. But her whole storyline this season was really... Pushing the monarch to be more than he was. You know, you're a level four. You shouldn't be a level four. You're my man. You should be a level 10 type thing. So, and I like how, she, like you said, she was in control of everything she was a part of. She was the leader. Well, you really want to push that speculation. Well, what if it comes out? So she, that happens, right? She stays with the council. Then she goes to where she's going to be having her kid. What Then what if it, what if it you know, Red Death or... Uh, Invisible hands guy. Phantom limb. <laughs> Phantom limb. What if it comes out like, hey, well, you've been using your power to push the monarch ahead in spots where he hasn't been because they want to oust her from it anyway. Yeah. So then the monarch would look at it like she's turned her back on him or didn't choose to go with him or whatever. So alienate him a little bit. And then she could lo- potentially lose her position for using her power to put a bumbling idiot up to a level 10. Yep. And then you could easily see them splinter right there. Well, you already have a little bit of that because that one episode, the monarch was very upset that she was no longer going to be able to arch with him, that she could not arch if she stayed on the council. Right. Which, I mean, as a pregnant woman, that would you, you're not going to be arching anyway. So uh, I like when we bring in the real world side of Venture Brothers. It's like I always forget that like it's like half Johnny Quest and half like Dilbert or something shit where it's like it's like all this like office politics going on. All right. Um do we have any other small story? Let's touch on S four six four. That peril party. That storyline that disappeared halfway through the season didn't even matter anymore. Yeah, overall I don't think it mattered, but I think the peril partnership is the bigger part of it that matters. So sure, you got the love back and forth thing between uh McManus and S six four, four six four, whatever. Um that ends with him having his memory wiped, basically. Yep. Uh, classic trope, I guess. But my biggest thing is with the with um, the peril partnership, and I've been saying it so far all along, is Wide Whale had been paying off the peril partnership to keep them at bay, to keep them from coming into the territory. To keep them from f- fucking with the guild, yes. basically, because he liked the guild because they were afraid of him. From now, what I get. Now, what I have a problem with is S four six four was the mole because he had pee pee on his pants. Mm-hmm. His that's belt. a that's a pretty lame mole. I think Wide Whale is the mole. He gave up his seat on the council pretty quick, and he did a lot of things to get that seat on the council. Okay, he probably realized it wasn't worth it. So that's a good point. So was he really a member of the council? Yeah. Because from what I what I see from it is the way his position is now where he was like, I'm still going to be here making decisions, but I'm just not going to officially be a member. I kind of always thought that was his role anyway, mm-hmm. is that he's just, he himself has become so powerful, they can't 
not he, have him be a. He I, was the crime lord of New York, right? Like he ran everything in that area as it was, right? But but isn't it the only technically the only reason that the guild and everybody even cares about New York is because Doctor Venture's there? Yes, like they weren't even focused on New York nope. until Doctor Venture moved in because he's like the glory the glory boy of the. OSI, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. really know. I honestly don't even know why OSI protects Dr. Venture so much. <laughs> I don't understand that relationship It all goes either. back to Jonas Sr. Yeah. He's the one that started it all. And let's let's talk about... God, all right. One Jonas more, Sr. One more thing I want to complain about continuity-wise. Why did we not see Jonas Sr.'s head anymore for exactly. us? Exactly. The OSI took Jonas Sr.'s head. Brock says, hey, are you cool with that? And that's the last of it. So, as much as I liked the Morphic trilogy, and I will tell you, it's the best part of the whole th- of the whole season is the Morphic trilogy that starts it off. The rest of the season is so disconnected from that, short of the uh, Doctor Venture and the Monarch being brothers storyline that does spawn from that. Everything else is disconnected. It really was. Even the Morphic trilogy, what I thought was going to be the best part, which was you're going to see Hank try to uh, earn Wide Whale's uh, trust to date his daughter. Never mentioned again throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it's over with. So with that, we'll go on to uh, Hank, Hank and, and Dean. Dean. Let's start Let's start with Hank. So the seeds of jealousy start off early with Hank in this season uh, because he is elected to not go to school, um, So which means he's no longer... Get uh, your ass a job, boy. Yeah, he no longer has access to the, vent, the venture bankroll. So that when I watched that this morning, um, I noticed... They were planting seeds of jealousy early on in that character because there was multiple things that were happening when he's like, how come Dean gets that? How True. come Dean? It's, it was multiple times they did it. And then they ham-fistedly, you know, built the relationship between Dean and uh, Serena. Serena. They, they ham-fisted it, right? It was no, like, fun leading things. It was just like, let's put these two characters together and then they kiss at the end of the scene and then that's going to matter later on. That's how bad it was uh to me um and then the rest i don't know you, you talk a little bit about the, the dean portion or to do the hank portion of it all right so you got hank he's he's really more of a major player through this season than you expected to be honest because he's kind of going through a lot of identity crises and he alludes to it constantly in episodes where he's like talking about who am i i've, I've been bad Gajovic, i've been enrico matasa you know things along those lines People are talking about how this he has a severe case of ADHD. Um, he ends up in that coma, so now he's in that weird place. Um, he seems to have a deeper storyline that I believe will drive the coming venture story arcs further than what you think. So he's in the hospital. His brother Dean is pouring his heart out because he knows that he betrayed him, and that's gonna be a thing i don't think that hank is gonna hold it against dean as much as you would think he would in terms of him sleeping with his girlfriend Mm -hmm. um but it definitely has pushed hank to the point where he said you know what i need to go out on my own i need to be my own man so he moves on from the venture team he moves on from everybody he basically runs away in, in all essence, but he's an adult, so it doesn't matter. So I wonder how we're going to pick up with him. Because I think Dean Venture is like the lamest throwaway side story of it all. Definitely. Like, he doesn't matter. He's a foil to propel Hank further into the storyline. Right. Yeah, um, and 
so are we, we're assuming that Hank has a head injury, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what's going on? Because he got, he got smashed pretty good. Yeah, because him just wearing like a plastic Batman mask, and that's his new character now. I mean, it's fine. He's always I, been the bat. He has been the bat for a long time, <laughs> but I'm saying for that to be the ending doesn't lead me to believe he's striking out his own as much as he's... I think he's going to find his mom. I think that's what it comes down to. See, I didn't take that he was cognizant enough to do that. Like, I, I to me... Still think he's just crazy, buns. I think he's crazy, yeah. And maybe it's something where they want to find the mom to try to get him to come out of it. Yeah. Maybe that, that'll be the story, but I didn't... The way they left it with him standing in the middle of that crowd and doing the... Uh, the, Batman mon- the Batman monologue. Um, to me, it's like this character is not stable. And if that means they kill him and clone a new version, whatever... I just don't see this version of Hank with what's happened to him as a viable character going forward. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of theories out there about what's going to go on with Hank soon. And they spent so much time during the Morphic trilogy built building up this Dean and Hank story. They spent so much time with like, um, you know, throwing in those little um Serena and and Dean things and then you know he's jealous that he's going to school and then uh, his professor is going to isn't actually a villain or is a uh, a hero, a hero yeah. and they spent so much time building this up and then after the Morpher trilogy you don't Over. even touch on it for like three more the the middle three episodes of this whole season are, can be thrown away the episodes 4 5 and 6 the only thing that good that comes out of that is the red helper scene those two scenes, all three of those episodes can be thrown away other than that and take you straight from the Morphic trilogy into the Unicorn in Captivity. That's where the actual storyline, to me, picks back up for the whole season. You really wanted all these storylines to be concrete and going through every episode. Yeah, I want it to make sense. <laughs> I want it to be a well-written show. Uh, if we're all it's just going well to written... throw storylines at the wall, you it's know. It's a amazingly written show i don't know what you're talking about i think that you just want it all straightforward man no i want it to all i want it to feel like they're doing it on purpose i don't like that sometimes it feels accidental <laughs> and i don't like that when you're very clearly leading me that this storyline is going to happen i don't like that it's not touched on again because you just wasted time i still want to know who was behind the big double cross and getting the teleporter because osi wanted it that's clear the guild wanted it that's clear and then Copycat engineered or was part of the double cross to get that teleporter. But who was he serving? Mm. Wide Whale. That's what I because I know him and Wide Whale are tight. That's mm. for sure. And yeah. that would that's my other part that leads me to believe Wide Whale is part of the Peril Partnership. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I could see that. I think it's a less important storyline to the whole Venture Brother saga, but still bugs me. So will next season. B, OSI, and the Guild going after the Peril Party. They would have to do a team-up. They've already done one team-up so far to go after the leader, who the creep. Right, that's what I'm saying. Which I don't think was the leader of the Peril Party. He just happened to guard all that stolen stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's going to be a OSI-Guild team-up to force the Peril Party back. And does Wide Whale recruit hank mm. and be like yeah i'm Rico taking a shine Madassa. to you you know you want to you want to you know or fuck that you recruit dean dean's so sick of being a venture and being part of that world anyway i'm still behind the, the fact that i think dean becomes a villain hmm. I, I don't think hank's smart enough to become a super scientist but <laughs> um, definitely not 
Definitely not. He's yeah. got moxie. Anything else we got to hit on these before we peace out? Man, I don't know. How about you guys? What have you guys been thinking? Anything for you that you're curious and mysterious about? Not really. I just, for a first-time viewer of this show, I've really enjoyed the season from start to finish. I've, there's been some mishaps, like, storyline-wise. Like, I agree with Robert and some of that. I just want to continue watching the show, though. My speculation for the next season is this whole season has been the long game for telling a greater story expanded into the next season. Like, I think it's going to be uh, family uh, and joining, like, the family part, uh, Mrs. Girlfriend, Dr. Whatever. Dr. Mrs. The Monarch. Yeah. That, that weird name is going to have a baby and going to be, you know, Sheila, just call her Sheila. Sheila. Everybody else is doing it yeah. with that. And now, now knowing that venture and Monarch are brothers and it's going to be like rival rivalry within like one house, hmm. which is weird because the, the guild and all of them, they've been around since the beginning of the show, right? The, the yeah, idea well, yeah. of the guild, but they were like background characters for the first couple seasons. Like you never really thought about it, and it was such a prevalent part of this season mm-hmm. that the I, council, yeah, I could definitely. I mean, you could see it though, right? You could see them going internal inside, like the family units of these characters for next season. But and like, would that, but would the only thing that really matters anymore is Doctor Mrs. the Monarch's role on the council because the council doesn't really seem to make any important decisions to me. They didn't really do anything this season that really like blew, no. my, blew my hair back. Overall, but they were still getting themselves formed and becoming the council that they are. I'm still convinced Phantom Lim has wants nothing to do with the Monarch being a 10 or being a super villain or anything. That's all long game for him. Yeah. That's all it is. If they really want to impress me and be a good council, they would just kick the, that two-headed guy off. Well, he's been around forever. Red Mantle and Dragoon? They are... They are Council that's, elders. That's not a reason. <laughs> oh, I want to. We'll talk about that. Uh, why is Vendetta councilman number one from way back when? He was on the so was original he, council of thirteen. Was he one of the original, or was yes from his, the council of thirteen? Okay, so not the not the not the council part. you have now. No, 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 no. Was Vendetta the robot, or was the organic pieces that made that robot? Was that the council? One? No. It was the actual robot. Yeah. Okay. Yes, because Doctor Venture made Venturion. Mm-hmm. Venturion was scrapped after he choked uh, Rusty Malcolm, or, or Ross, Malcolm. Rusty, yeah, one of them I two. can't remember. And then they threw him away. Doctor Z found him, right. reprogrammed him for evil. Right. And he became one of the guild council okay. members. That's all I was wondering because yeah. why they, so, yeah, they he, dropped him as he was number one. I was like number <laughs> one. That seems like pretty important number to be. <laughs> Yeah, there were, there were 13 of them, and he's definitely one of them. There's, I can't remember all of them, but season five shows what happens with all that stuff. Mm. Okay. It's, it's worth seeing. There's a lot of stuff in season four and five that flush out the storylines of what became season six and seven, mm. which makes me happy that season six and season seven are now flushing out things that will become parts of season eight and season nine. Right. Because as far as I know, the Venture Brothers... The creators have it worked out with um, Cartoon Network and Adult Swim for ten seasons. Yeah, I, rem- I remember they. It was a big deal because, you know, normally they had been coming back like they've signed on for one more year. 
They've signed on for one more year, but they came, when they came back for six, they signed on for four more. Yeah. So it was like a big deal when that happened. Oh, fuck, I can't believe I didn't mention this. This was the first thing I wrote down. You guys know that um, with them completing episode, or season seven, this is the longest-running original Adult Swim show. Nice. It passed Aqua Teen for, having, for the longest running series that was originally an adult swim show. Good. Nice. It's pretty it's impressive. They should be proud yeah. of themselves for that. Yeah. Actually ends up uh it's 81 episodes plus the pilot and then four specials. Four specials. Four yeah, specials. The Halloween specials, yeah. the Christmas specials. So I thought that was pretty cool. I it I, is cool. I will give this show credit. I mean, I think that I I would say I, as a huge adult swim fan, I would wish Aquatine just because that's like quintessential adult swim to me. But if any show is going to break that record, it can be the Venture Brothers. Mm-hmm. It's been such a high quality show for all these years. I'll never forget the day that I was in Robert's house and he lent me the first two seasons <laughs> like 10 years ago. And then 10 years later, all he does is complain about the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to say uh, thank you for everyone who's listened to our Venture Brothers uh, recap for this uh, season. Um, it's gotten tons of good play. On yeah. our YouTube, it's one we of really our most appreciate popular everybody. segments. Yeah, um, and with that being said, we are looking for another show for us to do a week by week recap. Um, I've put this out a little bit on Facebook. I know Aaron, you've plugged it too. Yep. Um, Steve and Tim, they will be plugging it heavily over the next couple of weeks because we need something to watch, something to connect with you guys about. Yep. So uh, the rest of October will be spent uh, with Halloween based stuff each week, um, but potentially starting in the beginning of November. Or the beginning of December. I really don't care which one. We are looking for another new show that's coming out. Now the show can be any genre. We don't care. It can be any season. Like Venture Brothers, we watch season seven. If if whatever show you guys pick is coming out, it's season three or season four. That really doesn't matter to us. Just understand that we might not have all the info. But we'll bullshit it out. Um, my only thing is I don't want a Netflix original. I don't want something that is... The entire thing is dropping at one mm. go. Yeah, I want something that's got that episode waiting period, so we can actually stew on it a little bit. That would be the only uh, caveat. If you guys have any suggestions, find us at theunderchannel.com. You can hit us up on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram. Um, find us individually. Um, thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back in just a moment with part one of our Castlevania special. Theunderchannel.com. Home of the Underchannel. Potting music, movies, news, and more. Digging into more of your Halloween season style music. You can't go wrong with a little typo negative. Creepy themes. Killer guy. Front man, Peter Steele. Giant of a man with the deepest voice you could ever want to hear. This song is titled Christian Woman. He's burping in the microphone. <laughs> he said, forgive her. Well, she knows not what she does. Sounds like me in the morning when I like haven't actually woken up. Like, uh, mm. <laughs> Got that frog voice. Everything I've seen from this band leads me to believe that, uh, was it Peter Steele you said? Yeah, Peter Steele. Must have loved the live-action Beauty and the Beast cartoon, or show that was on in, like, the 90s. Oh All their shit looks like it's <laughs> Wait, from that. That was, uh... There was a live-action Yeah, help, the guy who played it, Ron Perlman, was the Beast. Yeah. No. Yeah. You ever seen the old Beauty and the Beast no, live-action? No. All right, so imagine I it, Ron Perlman he wearing a brown rug as a costume. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a ballad? Yeah, it's more of a ballady type. 
still have you though. I'm gonna get the uh, 2000 instead. Possibly. So that's why he got that Hellboy gig? Because he was the beast? <laughs> that was like 20 years later. <laughs> yeah, this was I like think Beauty and the Beast was like 88. I, was like, I don't think he was like. He wasn't. He was just from that movie. Yeah. Or he was just from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. So like he wasn't Ron Perlman before that. So this Beauty and the Beast show is from 1987 to 1990. <laughs> Highly rated, I've heard. One. I think this band's a little, I don't want to be mean because I know you love them. They're a little too boring for me. Oh, I've never heard anything that like just really goth, like, gets man, me it's good. Just good, heavy, Rob, what was the last dark. Time you, what's the last time you've seen the Ron Perlman as the Beast? Oh, like a picture of him? Yeah. I have it on my phone right it's now. It's bad. It's a beautiful picture. Oh, yeah. No, my uh, sister-in-law likes that show. She's like watched it regularly. Three seasons over like, and over. Always kind of like, ooh. like the same as if someone was still watching like Beastmaster <laughs> or uh, fucking that Hercules show from the nineties. Yep. Anyone's still Kevin watching Sorbo. that, man? Like Xena, and I'm all about vintage shit, but you know it's time to move on. I'm never moving on from typo negative. Does this band and the singer have more of a range outside of this ballad? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, they get heavier and faster, and he, he likes he's pretty sarcastic too. So like. He has that song "Kill All the White People." It's a, it's just like a really fast, up-tempo punk song where he's just talking shit through the whole thing, basically. Can you imagine that was released nowadays? Yeah, they're ahead of their time. They got a lot of great songs. Typo Negative is a really good band. I guess they fall into a, a niche audience, but there's nothing wrong with that. Like, they're definitely a band that, like, goth girls, they're like a starter kit piece for them. They gotta have this album, Bloody Kisses. Black fingernail polish. What, they like this here? Yeah. pair of dark Doc Martens. I just got a glimpse of the drummer. Looks like John Lennon. <laughs> He's got, like, the John Lennon shades. Can't deny his voice. And I'm pretty sure if you keep talking crap about him, Rob, Lemmy will uh, come back and beat the crap out of you because I'm pretty sure these guys are tight. And then Lemmy? Oh, yeah. You know, I have issues with Lemmy, though. You can't have <laughs> issues with Lemmy. <laughs> about, uh, He's a cop. <laughs> about him uh, razzing on Max Cavalera that one time. <laughs> Please tell me that he portrayed an actual vampire mm, in something. Probably on stage <laughs> and stuff, but I think that um the big one was when they made Queen of the Damned, um, that the guy who played him studied Peter Steele Did to he? play that character. I'm pretty sure that's what I remember hearing is that he like spent time with Peter Steele it's to get funny ready to play that character. Because I watched that movie when when it came out in theaters mm -hmm. and then like I don't really remember it. And I came back and watched it years later, I'm like this whole movie is about this guy trying to be in a band mm. and be a vampire? <laughs> what the hell was I thinking of watching? 
That movie's good. It's all right. It had a lot of great music in it. The Under Channel. Join the fever. Become one of us. Visit us at theunderchannel.com. They must have planned this out to release in October. Because you couldn't pick a better uh, animated movie property. There we go. An animated property to choose uh, to come out uh, during this season except for Castlevania. So October 26th, Castlevania Season 2 will hit on Netflix. Over the next two weeks, we're going to watch all four episodes of uh, Season 1 of Castlevania. And we're going to do some commentary tracks. We're going to do some discussion. Um, and we're really excited to have you guys uh, join us along for this ride. First and foremost, I have watched uh, the Season 1. I watched it like the day it came out, uh, back to back to back, just in one run. Um, I was super impressed by it, um, but I haven't watched it since then. Um, go around the table. Aaron, have you seen it? I've seen three minutes of the first episode, and that's it. All right. It was uh, too much for the kids in the room to be seeing, so yes, I turned it, it off. <laughs> it is not a kid's version. It is not a kid's show whatsoever. They're like, everyone that's even going to know about this, they're mature enough now. <laughs> Tim, have you seen? Yeah, I did the same thing. I binge-watched it the day of, and throughout... You know, it's released. I've like kind of tapped in, like, oh, I want to watch that scene again. Yeah. Or, you know. Yeah. Steve. I like everyone else. I binge watch it because it's an hour long, mm-hmm. and I just rewatched it today. So this will be a second time watching. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm glad you watched it today, so you can give us some. Yeah, that's you know, it's got that fresh yeah shower yeah. feel. Thank you, thank you. Um, give it a little rundown of it. Obviously, if you have not heard of Castlevania, you're Probably not anyone who's listened to this show, I guess, because <laughs> uh, although we're not a huge video game show, um, if you have any semblance of, fuck, I'm not a good talker right now. Man, if you just know anything about culture, pop yeah. culture, I, I mean, this is on the fringe and the underbelly of it, but Castlevania is a, a, a thing. The Belmonts, uh, the, the steep history that is Dracula, um, that is that side of the world. Yeah, and I want to uh, we'll bring up, so the series debuted in 1986. Uh, there's been 32 games so far, although those are not 32, all. 32, damn. Those are not all I was gonna say, good not, games. You're, you're talking like there's puzzle There's a lot of portable gaming. And, yeah, there's some portal. Yeah, there's puzzle games. All that. There's yeah. 32 games in the franchise is what we'll say. Um, this is interesting. You guys know, guess how many uh, units that Castlevania has sold as a franchise? Oh, Christ. Oh, I don't know. 56 million. Nope. Less. Uh, 35. <laughs> Less. 47,000. Nope. 20 million. 20 million. As a franchise. Formidable. That sounds about right because that is not yeah. why. So, because their hype was during the NES and Super NES era. True. So that makes sense. I get it. But you would still think, I mean, yeah, because Symphony of the Night would probably be the last big one. Symphony of the Night was the, was the last big game. Big one. It. But uh, still doesn't seem, even if you're saying 32 games, you got to assume Symphony of the Night sold a couple million, yeah. right? So that means all the other ones didn't really do that well. I'll give you an idea of some other um, franchises that sold that amount. Far Cry, 20 million. Spyro, 20 million. And my personal favorite, I knew it had to be on the list, Lemmings, nice. 20 million. I was like, <laughs> Lemmings? Oh, shit. All right. I guess if it's I, if it's already installed in every computer bought by like 96, <laughs> I guess I, yeah, you're right. Um, some other... What else did I fucking have? Oh, uh, the actual animation we're going to watch, uh, written by Warren Ellis, um, amazing writer. 
um, a little bit too wordy in some of the stuff. So I was happy to see when he does some comic book stuff or he does other stuff, I can get into it a little bit more than his uh, his harder fiction writing. Uh, but stories based on Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse, which was an NES game from 1989. Um, some other things I want you guys to look at when we're, we're watching the show is I want to think about the use of Castlevania tropes throughout this, right? So we know this is a reimagining. We know that um, they've taken some liberties liberties to flesh out the backstory and make it make sense from an animated world. Um, I will say this was originally designed to be a direct-to-DVD movie. That was They were writing about 10 years ago. Um, the director or the creative director of Castlevania, Koji Agarashi, um, who's been the director since Symphony of the Night, he was a consultant on this to make sure mm-hmm. everything fleshed out in the timeline. So they had their uh, their ducks in a row to make sure this works. But I just want to pay attention. Things like uh, sub-weapons, right? The the throwing an axe, throwing a knife. Um, throwing a cross. Candles, right? This is Castlevania. I expect to see some candles be whipped or mm-hmm. at least break hearts. Good one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just be in the mind, like be in the lookout. Hey, this is a good rendition of a classic video game, which we don't get very often, right? They somebody actually took a classic video game and did a good job making an animation. This is on the, this is on the top of the list yeah. of video game adaptations. Yeah, absolutely. So before we go any uh, longer, we're gonna go ahead and jump right into uh, season one, episode one, Witch Bottle. What you are about to hear Look, we might have had the same father, but you came out of my arm. Is the Under Channel's thoughts and reactions. I gave you one year to make your peace with your God. And what do you do? Celebrate the day you killed my wife. Having just experienced Castlevania, Episode 1, Witch Bottle. The horde's been seen, sweeping west. I mean, you kind of, like, it's mostly Dracula heavy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole first season. I don't see it as Dracula heavy the first no, season. No, no. So the first just, episode is Dracula heavy. It's not much happens. It's got to set the story straight. It's literally just an introduction. This oh, it is a great hour and introduction. I don't give a shit. Oh, mm. it's great. I, I agree. Like, it is the ultimate cock tease. I cannot wait. For number two or the second season to come out because yeah i watched the trailer yeah and it just looks like it's gonna be jam-packed from start to finish i don't know how many episodes are in it yeah. though also i was looking at the uh i'm facing aaron Rodgers in the fantasy league so i've been constantly keeping up on mm. this because <laughs> i'm only up by 12 points because uh you want to hear how great i am at picking defenses robert yeah i i have the baltimore ravens defense on my bench because i saw the jacksonville deep jacksonville jaguars defense available to pick up mm-hmm. so i picked them up like oh this is gonna be great baltimore has 11 sacks <laughs> baltimore would have gotten me 19 points wow. uh jacksonville got me negative one yeah <laughs> they blew it bad so the title of episode one which bottle right yes why do you think so why do i think which bottle Sh- should the night oh, oh we're recording oh yeah we're oh. recording I ain't slipping. Come on now, baby. Tim just got back from the p- the pisser. I was recording the whole time. Oh, you're killing me. Yeah, we're rocking and rolling. All right, throw that question out again. The episode is called Witch Bottle. Does anything pop out why? And what is Witch they, Bottle one word? They uncorked the bottle. They uncorked the fury of Dracula. By, di- by killing his wife, who they thought it was a witch. Mm-hmm. Because of... Because ma- of fear. Well, because of... 
potions she would have made in a yeah. bottle, mm-hmm. right? Like the stuff to the heal science people. that she was doing. The, yeah, the medicine. She's like, look, I've got hydrogen peroxide. I can clean your wounds out. They're right. like, no. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, rub dirt in it. Gotta pray and rub dirt in it. Yeah, I, I think it comes together all under that as well. Like the release, the the science, the the defiance of science being uh, anything but science, but yeah, the it's not the, in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, the Bible people think it's dark magic. So Steve, you had a great uh, point, which is this first one is it's all Dracula. It's like now you know why Dracula's a villain mm-hmm. in this series that you're about to watch. Um, there was other than they brought in the Belmont at the very end. They don't paint him to be a villain though. They paint no, him to be the tra- good guy. Tragic. They it's paint tra- him to be this is tragic. his revenge story. I don't think I'm going to call him the good guy, but <laughs> they definitely gave him a motive. Yes. Well, what it, what it did was he was originally a villain. They humanized him and now it's kind of like a tragic story. It's like, "Oh, he lost the love of his life." But then he but, is going out on a genocidal rampage. Yeah, he yeah. wants to eradicate every human on earth. Yeah, he was never a good guy though. I he think we never understand that like he was a right. human. Yeah, so he Dracula's was never a good guy, Hitler, right? So Dracula's Hitler finds a woman, and then finds a woman, and she gets him to stop murdering Jews no, for no, like twenty no. years. Does that make him not a villain? <laughs> I want to recognize that break. he was not Hitler as we were introduced to him. He was like, you know, just uh, he was a, a hermit. I was gonna say it is weird that it's like he Dracula hasn't, was he hasn't almost done like, that a long time. He said that. Yeah, he hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't been that way in a while. Maybe because no one bugs him. Yeah. I guess, yeah, uh, Beauty and the Beast style, yeah. where like the Beast, like he just lives in the castle as long as nobody comes to him and bothers mm-hmm. him, he's not going to go out. Those are all just for show. All the you know skeletons on stakes. On yeah. The- yeah. Let's talk about the very subtle little thing they showed, which was uh, Alucard, Alucard, yeah, making an appearance to already bury that. Uh, hey, I'm going to oppose you. So. Um, anyone who should know, except Aaron, I know you don't. I don't know. Um, Alucard, the guy with the white hair, we Sephiroth. saw Sephiroth, as uh, main character of um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Okay. So he is Dracula's half son. Interesting. So which would be with that woman, right? That's yeah. well, so not that's what son is. Well, son. he's half son. Vampire. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I'm fucking. He's yeah. half, half immortal. Yeah, he's half vampire. Um, and then that woman would be as what? Well. That's why he said, "Hey, I'm grieving with you." And right. Mm-hmm. Kills him. But he goes, I can't allow... Well, I, I wouldn't say. I I mean, I I he don't did. think... He's gone forever. He did. He slashed his face off. He did. This would be the stupidest thing that ever happened if they killed <laughs> Ali Card in the first scene of episode one. But, all right, for all intents and purposes, he's dead. We can't believe it. He's never going to be in the show again. Um, I don't know. What else? Just so you know, Aaron, Ali Card is Dracula backwards. Yeah. Oh, look at that crap. Yep. Nice. Nerds. What else? They did a good job painting the uh the church as an issue, right? Like the 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 church um in this was basically the reason they're all fucked. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. The the church in the their ways, ways condemned them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, but yeah, you just have to remember that's how kind of churches were back in the fourteen hundreds. Yeah. Well, even before that, I mean, what I did know. they do to Jesus? They yeah. couldn't let Jesus be the son of God. They could not allow that. So the Jews made sure that he was sacrificed. He was killed. They could not allow him to be who he was. You know what I love? My favorite part of this whole uh, episode one was, I gave you a year to repent to your <laughs> God. 
and you choose to celebrate the day you murdered my wife? I was like, oh, yeah, you fucked up. Death you definitely wish. fucked yeah. up. He's going Charles Bronson on him. You're all like <laughs> living all dilly-dally. He's like, I'm brewing up demons for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, shit. He did say a year. I guess the guy's up there marking his calendar. <laughs> Fuck, it was a leap year. It's like just over a year ago. I think we're okay. Yeah. Not that I was giving any to any shit. That giant head of fire that was talking to us must have been bluffing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what the first priest was like. Like the uh, the first meeting afterwards. Like, dude, that's cause it's just a, it's just a bluff, guys. You know, he's not going to come. You got nothing to worry about. Meanwhile, I'm going to get the hell out of here. He's explaining it away. No, no, we all ate bad food. Remember, it was po- it was poison. Um, You brought up a cool point during it, which was uh, all the different forms Dracula's taking when he's talking to him, right? Um, because something I've always heard over the years is that um, when you see Dracula in movies, like the, the Hollywood depiction, it never does justice to what Dracula actually is. Because he's not just like a vampire. He is like the master vampire mm-hmm. right so it's not just like well some vampires can do this and some vampires can do this it's like no dracula is just an all-powerful being like truly you don't eat like i guess in the books like he can control weather like he's got yeah. he's purely just does whatever the fuck he wants so uh, i like that they're painting him that direction in this the the subtitle of the latest series i believe lord of uh shadows i like that title mm. for it okay i didn't know that that's cool mm-hmm cool anything else you guys want to touch on before we get into episode two can't think of anything no nope. uh does that keep on spinning or keep on I going will. all right let's do it now that episode two necropolis a legend probably has concluded a great hero who sleeps until there is a darkness upon the land the under channel will talk is there a defense of it don't need it we got a tribe of speakers in the city and share our thoughts regarding the latest episode. I like stories. The, you know, they, they, it sets up the next two episodes, but the first two are slug. I won't lie to you there. What's this? Uh, it's, it's just rolling oh. into the next one. Uh, hmm. Necropolis. It was... City of Dead People. The, yeah, the City of Dead. It was... That's why the episode was dead. I mean, just kind of... Ain't nobody there. It's true. I just... Walking through. Do you guys think that that those two warranted being separate episodes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You can't... Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want... Two different characters, two different lines of story. It had to be. It needed that uh, jump. Yeah. From the... One side of the... The the hell being rain down upon mm-hmm. i guess so if you look at it like this is truly the beginning of the story like right? the first the episode thing is was just about the, dracula and, yeah. the, and next three episodes to line each other up right yeah because they're gonna yeah they bring in each character mm-hmm. yeah i how long do you figure it's been since that uh reigning of hell in necropolis i'll call it mm. it's not very long not long maybe two days. few months Maybe no, months? I would say even less days, than that. I would yeah. say day, yeah, yeah. A couple days, max. I would say yeah, it's, in the, you're in right. The yeah, weeks. it's probably only gonna be a couple days because that guy runs into that bar and says the horde is coming, so everybody's aware of what's going on. Right. So it had to have been a few days at least. And it it must be 
it must i would almost say maybe a week or two just because it, like it looks like it's normalized a little bit yeah, you know like if it was still like one or two days everyone would be in such a panic, panic yeah. but since it's like somebody's working the meat market and somebody's doing this it's I, almost like it's they've they allowed got a place it to, for the bodies right uh, yeah giant pit <laughs> it's the easiest way oh. works every time um, I don't know, I'm excited to see it keep going. Um, next week will be really exciting. We we'll get to to finish up these two. Um, you guys have anything last to say about uh, what it we watched better. tonight? It gets better. Yeah. Is, mm-hmm. that, is that a Steve seal of approval? All I wrote was this is the good shit. <laughs> I wrote this when I was a lot less tired. Nice. <laughs> All right. We'll end on that, and we will see you guys next week. The Younger Channel, a pathway to the ears of the mind's voice. So a, a real scary moment that I put myself in, my old illustration teacher made a deck of uh, paranormal cards using uh, like photography and uh, an illustration together. And he, it's called Kanzari. And I found it at a garage sale. As soon as I hear anything that's oriental in sounding of name when it has to do with the paranormal, it's immediately legit. I agree. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Like, it's stealing your soul. (laughs) Unless it was, like, German or something. Like, oh, I found the Arfenarker. You're like, eh, you know, there's no German ghosts. But And it was right before dinner. I'm just like, I want to play with these. You know, figure it out. Learn learn the game or whatever it is. That's a bad choice. I lay it out and... (laughs) And I, I do the last step, and I don't even look at it. I don't know what I'm doing, but it it told me something about like something uh, like looming over me. And that night, an oni. That night, I've never done this before. I have like weird sleep habits. Like I get up, walk, and have night eating. Uh, <laughs> That's all you habits. Get yeah, it's terrible. But this night. I just launched up and I'm like reaching up at me like like a demon like cloud was above me like coming at me. I'm like, ah, ah! that's never happened to me ever in my life. But that night. Yeah, I'm not playing with Japanese card games. It's <laughs> the most horrific story I've ever heard. <laughs> Rob ain't sleeping tonight. <laughs> Fuck. It's over with. He's going he's gonna to think about that cloud and he's just going to start screaming bloody murder. Thank you for listening to The Under Channel. You can visit us on the website theunderchannel.com. You can also visit us on the social medias for Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Hope to see you there.